Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Garden Web University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with... Mallory Moore. Mallory Moore, this is your final installment of Cinema Scene. It for, is. Uh, well, we'll bring you back. Yeah. We'll bring you back. You are, uh, you're back for another year. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I will look forward to coming back on maybe a couple times uh, next year. Yeah, we'll bring you back as a special guest, and uh, you can you can dive into some special hot topics. Or maybe <laughs> we'll have a roundtable uh, discussion on stuff. All right, that sounds so, good. So uh, we appreciate you uh, spending time with us. Yeah, um, it's been great. Yeah, doing Cinema Scene, and you've uh, flown solo a few times as well. I have, and so yeah. uh, thank you for that. Of course, um, I enjoyed so it. It's been fun. I hope you have a good summer and a lot of good summer movies. And we're going to be Thanks. talking about. Uh, today, some of our favorite summer movies yep. uh, throughout history, and uh, for those who have never listened to the show, if you're just tuning in uh, for the first time, uh, Cinema Scene covers the world of film on so many different levels. We uh, choose hot topics, uh, we have interviews with uh, filmmakers, uh, we give you box office results and all sorts of other things, but it's relating to movies, to mm-hmm. cinema. That's the name Cinema Scene. Yeah. Uh, last weekend's box office uh, we had a new number one uh, at the box office last weekend. Uh, yep. Top five, uh, Circle, uh, the kind of lackluster film, The Circle, uh, in at number five last weekend. Beauty and the Beast, number four, uh, still holding strong. Uh, How to Be a Latin Lover was number three. Um, that was kind of a surprise for me. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that until I looked at the um, top ten box office from last week. It was on there as well. I think last week it was two or three as well. It was high up there, so... It was a surprise for yeah, me. Yeah, surprise for me. It's a uh, you know a low budget uh, low budget comedy, but yeah. uh, it's uh, it's doing uh, doing quite well. And uh, Fate of the Furious uh, still racking up uh, tons of money. Oh yes. Um, worldwide, uh, over uh, a billion dollars worldwide yeah. for this film. So, yeah, it's not suffering mm-hmm. uh, suffering too bad. One point one billion dollars. Wow. Uh, for this movie, <laughs> um, after just a few weeks. Um, at the box office, actually, it was released on uh, April fourteenth, so not even a month, and it's brought in that kind of money, which is pretty amazing. And then a uh, superhero film last weekend uh, came in at number one: Guardians of the Galaxy no Volume surprise Two. There. Yeah, no surprise <laughs> there. Uh, over forty four hundred theaters, and uh, it brought in one hundred and forty five million uh, here in the U.S. Uh, worldwide, in its first weekend, almost half a billion dollars, uh, four hundred twenty five million. So. Uh, not a bad start for a, a film that, in many ways, very much like the first one. If you like the first one, you're going to enjoy this one mm-hmm. uh, as well. A lot of fun, a lot of good music as well. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, number one last mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, release schedule this weekend. Um, in wide release, really, only a couple films. Uh, do you know what those are? Do you need me to dive into those? Um, if you want to dive into those. Sure. Yeah. Uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword will All be right. opening up in 3,600 theaters. If you like action Adventure and uh, seeing Arthur back on the screen uh, with somebody else playing Arthur uh, yet another another time. <laughs> you can check that out. It's a very adaptable story, it seems like. It's going to keep coming back in the future, too, probably. Yeah, More adaptations. yeah we've seen so many of those, and they're always fun to see uh, different directors' takes mm-hmm. on them. And then if you like comedy, um, Goldie Hawn is back uh, mm. on the big screen uh, with Amy Schumer. Yeah. Uh, the film Snatched, it just looks <laughs> fun. Uh, yeah. It looks absolutely fun. A different take on a mother-daughter, um, Mother's Day type movie. Um, looks interesting. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It does. It looks fun. My, my wife and, and daughter are both very interested in uh, checking this mm-hmm. out. And I am too. I've, I've been a, a longtime fan of, of Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's always good to see her. And uh, her and 
Amy Schumer together, the, 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 through the yeah. trailers, there seems to be really good chemistry. Yeah, it's a surprising combination, yep. I think, yeah, but I think it's you. a kind of golden, one of those golden ticket combinations that's really going to work well. So. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, and a film that's in, uh, in, in limited release um, called The Drowning. Yep. Uh, I'm going to let you give your take on this film. Uh, right. Julia Stiles in this, mm-hmm. Josh Charles, uh, Tracy Toms. I'm not sure uh, other names that might be in this mm-hmm. movie, but um, it's one that uh, you and I were given a preview opportunity yep. to check this out. And I have not been able to yet. I've had a lot okay. of chaos swirling mm-hmm. around in my life. But uh, let's get your thoughts on this drama thriller. All right. So, um, yeah, this is... The Drowning, uh, directed by Bette Gordon, and it is based on a novel uh, by Pat Barker. So this is about a child uh, psychiatrist played by Josh Charles, who works with children in criminal situations and in uh, the courtroom, that sort of um, environment. And um, a boy that he Uh, helped actually to convict many years ago. Um, He was this child's therapist and uh, helped the police to actually convict this 11-year-old boy of murder. Um, This boy, who is now grown up, uh, gets out of jail, and he sort of comes back to haunt his former psychiatrist. Um, And I do want to, you know, commend this movie for taking on this um, really heavy... Uh, topic it it deals with you know um, the complications behind motives and why people do what they do and also the complications in criminal situations especially with children who really don't know what they're doing um, and a lot of times they are um, abused and that can affect their uh, rational you know, abilities, especially at that time of their life when those are still developing. So I do think um, this was a an interesting and brave choice of topic to take on for a film, but it didn't really work for me overall because I think there were a lot of distractions that kind of took away from that message. And certainly just seeing the story played out did get me thinking about it, but I don't think that the, the movie was able to really effectively communicate the message that the messages that it was going for. Okay. Um, and one of the things was that it lacked believability Um, I had a lot of questions as I was watching and I kept thinking, you know, why doesn't this uh, man, the psychiatrist, just get a restraining order against this um, former patient of his that keeps showing up? Um, And it was kind of like in a really bad horror movie where, you you know, someone you think don't open that door, you know, don't go back into the haunted house, but they do it anyway. Um, So that kind of lack of you know, there's a better way to handle the situation didn't really work in this for me. Um, there was also a couple things with the, um, the women in the story. Um, this young man who is haunting his former psychiatrist, he's supposed to be a very charming character that is able to do things like get out on parole and, um, sort of just manipulate his way through situations with his charm. But I didn't find that very believable. Um, I think they could have done more with playing on his two different personalities, almost the kind of creepy, haunting, vengeful boy that he is, um, you know, and then the, the charming side, I just didn't see the sharp difference I wanted, um, between those two. And so when there's one of the plot elements is that his parole officer, um, who is an older 
well, not older, but older than him, a lady, she starts to fall for him. And that kind of helps him to get away with things, um, helps him to sort of seek out his revenge. I just didn't buy it. I didn't find that the way this um, woman parole officer was being portrayed as someone who would so easily fall for um, for this young boy. Okay. Um, and I was also kind of, I guess, distracted by the main character and his character development. And I think this is really what pulled away from the messages. Um, I think they maybe could have concentrated more on developing the the young boy character, the former um, murderer, rather than focusing so much on uh, Josh Charles's character. Um, in the movie, his name is Tom, and he is the, like I said, child psychiatrist. Um, and I just didn't really believe a lot of the choices he made throughout the film. Okay. Um, I had trouble believing that this is, you know, a, a real human person mm-hmm. with a deep personality, with um, different character developments. And there was a side plot going on uh, with his wife, played by Julia Stiles, um, and they're kind of having trouble in their marriage. Um, she's an artist, and she is sort of trying to move up in her career. Um, a lot of good opportunities going on for her. And she is frustrated with her husband for not always being there, not coming to her art galleries and shows and things like that. Um, and it felt like every time they could have had, you know, a, a fight, it just kind of it didn't build up enough. It's okay. like almost every scene with them together could have been the opening scene, wow. like an exposition onto the life of this couple. So it felt like they just kind of stayed at this stage where, you know, they're a couple that kind of has some problems rather than either developing those problems to some kind of, you know, climactic point or, um, you know, handling them a different way. It just kind of felt like they leveled off. And there right. was a point towards the end where the wife says, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave for a while. Um, I'm going to go in the city, um, work, focus on my work for a while but she kind of said it you know casually like I'm just going to go downstairs and watch some tv for a while so it their relationship just wasn't believable but the film did focus on it a lot and so that kind of distracted from um other messages that it could have portrayed uh so there were a couple other confusing things um some of the dialogue left me thinking wait what just happened what how's this conversation you know going um and a couple other characters and plot elements that I didn't quite understand how they fit into the big picture. Um, and it is a thriller. It's supposed to be a thriller, but it didn't, you know, give me the feeling, uh, kind of heart-in-your-throat feeling right, that I want right. from a thriller. Um, I remember the first time I watched The Silence of the Lambs, which yes. is one of my favorite movies, oh, yes. and there's a part towards the end where you know that Clarice Starling, the Jodie Foster character, is in trouble. Yep. And I just remember kind of catching or tripping, skip, heart skipping a yeah, beat, something yeah, like that, yeah. and thinking, oh no, what's going to happen to her? Um, and I was very intrigued with that movie about how all the little pieces came together and unfolded, and it definitely kept me on the edge of my seat till the end, whereas this one, um, when I saw it was a thriller, I kind of expected that same feeling, and it just didn't really give you that, oh no, what's going to happen, how do all these pieces fit together um, sort of feeling. It was I, I guess I just kind of lost interest in it, you know, halfway through. Um, but like I said, I do want to commend it for taking on such a difficult um, and controversial subject. Okay. So I think um, grade probably five out of ten okay. for this so, one. So, so an average film. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Yep. The Drowning is the name of that film, and uh, you can find it in, in a few places mm-hmm. uh, here or there. Select theaters. Um, it's being released May 10th. So. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. That is uh, that is released this weekend, but just in limited to release. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about summer films. Yep. And, and thanks for for giving that review of The Drowning. Uh, as well um, so so nothing that you feel like everybody needs to go see no and not one that I will probably watch again okay. anytime soon okay. but yeah all right uh, so it had its issues and mm-hmm. um, yeah sound like it had a lot of issues <laughs> all right let's talk about summer movies throughout yeah. uh, throughout history and uh, I'll let you dive in first with a, with a film that stands out on your list as a, a must-see a summer film to maybe revisit okay um, well one of these my are, these are not films about summer particularly films yeah, they, released yeah, I, in summer. Yeah, I kind of compiled a list, and, you know, some of them are released in summer. Some of them are ones that maybe I watch for the first okay. time over the okay. summer. All so right, I, cool. And then some of them are, you know, about summer camp, summer vacation, okay. something like right, that. Cool. Um, one of uh, my top picks was Jaws from, yep, yep. Ni- no, not the sequels, the original Jaws from 1975. Um, I just saw this for the first time uh, this past year. A great horror film, even for the the time period. They didn't, you know, quite have the technology yep. that we could have, you know, had with if Jaws had been made today. But right. I still think um, just with things like the music in it mm-hmm. and the acting, um, it's still a great horror flick for me. Yeah, so. that's on my list too, released mm-hmm. in 1975. Yeah. That was the first um, blockbuster, and it was the first film that um, was released with summer in mind. It uh, took mm-hmm. place... Uh, at the during the summer, as far as the storyline, uh, you know, a shark terrorizing a small town of, of Amity, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, and and you've got a, a few, a few key uh, key characters that are trying to. A lot of people are trying to kill the shark, but uh, mm-hmm. but a few that it, it kind of follows their story. Uh, a, a scientist, a sheriff, uh, and a in a boat captain. Yep. And uh, it's uh, got so many great scenes. Uh, Steven Spielberg did this film, but it's on my list as well. Yeah. But uh, after that film. Uh, studios began to realize that that summer was the time to to do something that they had never done before and, and exactly. to think specifically about planning for summer releases and now mm-hmm. that's all people talk about once mm-hmm. you know, really once you get past january and february it's like okay what's going to be released in the summer right. the summer gets earlier and earlier and mm-hmm. earlier every year from a box office standpoint because um you know we saw in april mid-april you had the fate of the furious yeah um and so it's you know the summer preseasons having some success as well, yeah. but uh, but on my list I'll throw one out. It's on my list. Nineteen eighty one, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, yep. popcorn flick, just a, a pure uh, adventure. Another Steven Steven Spielberg film, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Harrison Ford is this adventurer who was a college professor who was looking for antiquities, uh, all for the sake of not for glory. Uh, not for fame, but really, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's put these yeah. things where they need to be in museums mm-hmm. or in, in universities. Yeah. And uh, there are always adventures surrounding mm-hmm. that. And uh, I don't think anybody knew uh, just how popular this character was going to be. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Smith, I think, was the original name for uh, for this <laughs> guy for Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they ended up going with Indiana not Jones. Not as catchy. Not as catchy, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, the Indiana Jones, uh, the franchise, actually, all of them were on uh, my list as well. Um, I like adventure. Uh, type movies for the summer and um the first time I watched them was I think on my last day of like fifth or sixth grade my parents said these are some classic movies you need to see and we rented I think all of them and watched them within a period of one or two days so I associate with that that with the beginning of summer and Yeah. yeah 
pretty fascinating. All right, well, let's uh, let's get another one on your list. All right, another one uh, is a musical from 2008, one of my favorite kind of girls' night summer flicks, Mamma Mia, yeah, with okay. Meryl Streep, yeah. um, Amanda Seyfried, so... Yeah, yeah, that's a fun film. Now, do you it find is. yourself singing with the songs? I do. I usually end up singing along, yeah. Yeah, uh, all the songs from the uh, the band ABBA, or yep. ABBA, depending mm-hmm. on which part of North Carolina you're from. <laughs> um, yeah, fun, fun movie. My wife loves that movie oh, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, no list would be perfect for me uh, for summer films uh, without mentioning 1977 Star Wars. Oh. Um, uh, you know, another film that's, uh, that's got all about advent- adventure and action uh, and uh, you know, Spielberg was connected to this film, but it was a George Lucas uh, product. Mm-hmm. But uh, wow, uh, you know, and here we are talking about a franchise that continues to live on today. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at Rogue One, which was the uh, the true prequel mm-hmm. to Star Wars: uh, A New Hope, um, literally taking you to the moments of when Star Wars: A New Hope began. Yeah. So uh, this franchise is still alive and well mm-hmm. in so many different ways: uh, comics, merchandise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney theme parks. Um, yeah. it, it just keeps on and on and on. And once again, a film that when released in 77, there were no expectations that it was mm. going to be as big as it was. Yeah. And it's interesting because now it's kind of switched to a, a Christmas time yep, release. Absolutely. The last couple ones come out in December and um, The Last Jedi, I believe, is coming yep. out this December. Yeah. But yeah. I remember the the three that came out previous to that, um, I went to see, and it was always in May. So they've kind of switched from summer to a, a wintertime yeah. franchise. Yeah, they, they discovered with uh, The Force Awakened that, wow, you know, we can completely dominate yeah. uh, December if we go this route. Mm-hmm. And so let's just do that. Definitely. And, and it's working for them. Yeah. It's worked for them the past two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, another film. All right, um, another one that I added just kind of for fun is the Disney Pixar, yeah, Disney Pixar film up from 2009. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that also came out, um, the beginning of the summer. It came out, um, in May of 2009. And like I said, I really enjoy adventure type films, um, for the summer. And this one, it just kind of, I think when you watch it at the beginning of the summer, kind of sets the tone for having an adventure and, that sort of thing. So yeah, that film had one of the most perfect music montages mm. of, of any film, uh, animation or live action. Yeah, uh, that showed the course of a of a life together of a man and woman, mm-hmm. a husband and wife, and it was completely fascinating and completely amazing. Yeah, and so um, I was uh, blown away by that film. Oh yeah, uh, on a lot of different levels. So mm-hmm. absolutely loved that film. Yeah, and um, it's. You know, one of those that I think is still great for grown-ups, even though it's animated and marketed towards children. So. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. Another one on my list from 1984, Ghostbusters, hmm. uh, Ivan Reitman film with Bill Murray um, and <laughs> Harold Ramis, uh, also Dan Aykroyd, uh, with the iconic uh, music from Ray Parker Jr., the theme Ghostbusters. It's, mm-hmm. You got music, you got mayhem, you got ghost, you got comedy, you got action. Um, I, I love this film. It was one that um, I was working um, at summer camp uh, when this film was released mm-hmm. and uh, ended up spending um, spending the summer going to see this several times mm-hmm. um, with uh, several of my uh, camp mates. Oh, so okay. uh, we truly enjoyed That's this. That's fun, yeah. All right, um, another one on my list. I'm not sure if it was released in the summer, but it is certainly about summertime, is uh, The Sandlot from okay. 1993. Yeah. I don't think 
for me, 4th of July would be complete without watching The Sandlot. So that's just a fun, again, adventurous, kind of mischievous type story. So uh, yeah, A great film with some great one-liners, yeah. great characters, mm-hmm. uh, and, a, and a wonderful story yeah. as well. I'm right there with you. Very memorable. Film. Yeah, great film. Uh, 1982, E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I keep going back to uh, to Spielberg, and, and I just yeah. can't help it. I mean, um, Summer and Spielberg kind of go hand in hand with uh, with a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also had some that that are the uh, the Oscar caliber that are released a right. number of times a year. But uh, mm-hmm. but E.T. Once again, another surprise film. Uh, not huge expectations for it. Um, mm-hmm. When um, anybody who's seen the movie E.T. about this uh, extraterrestrial that uh, that comes and befriends a kid, and, and they develop this uh, wonderful uh, friendship that is, yeah. that is literally biologically somehow tied together. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they wanted to... I can't think about this movie without thinking about Reese's Pieces because there's oh, a yeah. certain scene where you've got Reese's Pieces trails, mm-hmm. almost like uh, you know Hansel and Gretel. And, yeah. um, but um, Spielberg's folks originally went to M&M's and wanted mm-hmm. to use M&M's, and then M&M's company said, no, we're not going to let you do that. So they said, huh. okay. So they went to Reese's, and then... <laughs> I bet they, reg- yes, they regretted that. they regretted that. So wow. E.T., the extraterrestrial, yeah. on my list of uh, mm-hmm. favorite summer films. All right, uh, another one on my list, again, I don't know of the exact time of year it came out, but it's certainly about summer, is Dirty Dancing from, okay, yeah. from 1987 with... Um, Patrick Swayze I just think it's uh, you know one of those kind of summer vacation slash summer not really summer camp but summer getaway films that is uh, fun and might even get you on your feet you know great soundtrack to that one so it's one of my favorites and it was shot uh, in Lake Lake Lord, North Carolina so just uh, real close not too far up the Mm -hmm. road from uh, from here in Boiling Springs yeah Uh, action adventure on my list another film for a favorite summertime film Terminator 2 Mm. Judgment Day from 1991 with Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. uh, directed by uh, James Cameron. Um, just an amazing film uh, from an action standpoint, but it also uh, perfected some ground using morphing technology with some um, computer-generated uh, mm. images. And uh, uh, another film that's on that list, I'll go, ahead and, I'll go ahead and tie this one in, The Abyss, which was a much better director's cut um, than the summer release of it, but still an amazing film that was shot in Gaffney, South Carolina. Cameron did that as well. And Cameron really started doing some things with with computer-generated technology to to use CGI imaging to capture um, human facial structures and organic movement. Mm -hmm. The Abyss was the first place you really started to see and take notice, but in uh, Judgment Day, Terminator 2... It really became um, it became a standard, mm-hmm. and so both of those films uh, on my list right. with uh, with Cameron's technology and um, just taking things to another level. Right. I'll have to put those on my summer watch list because I haven't actually seen either one of okay. those. So okay. yeah. yeah, definitely do that. Yeah, um, another one ab- about summertime on my list is The Graduate from uh, 1967. And this one relates to summer, and that you know the main character played by Dustin Hoffman has just. Um, graduated and he is trying to figure out what to do in his life next and he spends the summer um, maybe kind of getting himself into some sticky situations but I think it's great from a um, from someone who likes film history to see that you know one of 
uh, Hoffman's earliest yeah. roles, and I think it's a good classic. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Some great um, memorable one-liners, yeah, too. great film. Um, Hoffman is just brilliant, and, mm-hmm. and you, get, you get a glimpse of, of what was to come yeah. or what is to come whenever you, whenever you see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mentioned Cameron earlier. I'll mention another James Cameron film. Uh, this ties into a, uh, a, a franchise that's still alive and well. A uh, new Alien film is opening up uh, in, in theaters this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aliens, uh, from 1986, uh, James Cameron uh, changed the concept. Uh, this was the second installment of the Alien franchise. The first one was very much a gothic horror film uh, set in outer space that uh, Ridley Scott directed and directed to perfection. When Cameron took it over, he turned it into an action film. And um, so an action horror film, and oh. it was done with, with absolute precision. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, you have a, a strong female lead that, mm-hmm. that just controls this film uh, on so many different levels. So Aliens from 1986 okay. uh, on my list, and if you haven't seen that, I'd recommend checking that <laughs> All out. All right, I definitely will. All right. I've got um, one more on my list, um, Stand By Me from 1986. And um, this one belongs in that category of films that I just love that have to do with, um, you know, kids kind of getting into mischief um, during the summer and or the fall and um, finding adventure. Um, And I like to watch those in the summer when I, you know, kind of trying to relax, don't have much else to do. I think they're great fun. So um, Stand By Me is on one of my is one of my summertime watch movies. So. Yeah, I love, love that um, that Stephen King-based yep. film um, based on a, a short story called The Body or a novella called The Body. I don't remember. I actually yeah. didn't know it was Stephen King until okay. I think I watched the movie. I had heard about it so mm-hmm. much, and then I watched the movie and saw the credits, and I thought, oh, okay, this is Stephen King. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure what the original... Yeah. form was Some there. Some great uh, acting talent uh, in that film as well, so mm-hmm. uh, so highly recommend uh, that. I've got so many on the list, but I'm going to just, <laughs> I'll throw out one more that's, okay. a, that's a bit different. Uh, Jim Carrey uh, in a film that um, that really was kind of a, this film in a movie called, uh, this movie's called The Truman Show, yes. uh, where Jim Carrey mm-hmm. is, uh, he is the lead on a TV reality show, only he does not know that he's on a TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was brought up from a from the time he was a baby in this in this fabricated world. Yeah, um, it's it's satire, but at times it borders mm-hmm. parody with uh, with Carrie's um, mm-hmm. you know, antics. But just a wonderful show, yeah. wonderful movie. Uh, Ed, Ed Harris does an incredible job mm-hmm. of the guy who kind of controls everything. Yes. Uh, this came out around the same time as a movie called Ed TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Matthew McConaughey and Ellen DeGeneres, that that both of those looked at um, the uh, reality TV before reality TV was was really where it is now. This was kind of the mm-hmm. infancy of it, and it was mm-hmm. kind of showing the state of where things could go. Mm-hmm. And um, it it you know it looked at the human elements of it as well, mm-hmm. and the impact that it has on those who are involved. And highly recommend the Truman Show. Uh, from 1998, mm-hmm. if you have not had a chance uh, to check it out, yeah. well worth watching. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, you know, my list is is very vast, <laughs> but that's a good place to stop uh, for uh, some of our films, some of our favorites, uh, movie favorites for the summers or about summer. Uh, Mallory, thanks for spending time with us this semester. Enjoyed thanks. it. Thanks for having me. I've it's enjoyed it as well. Uh, we will definitely have you back uh, as a special guest sometime next All fall right. or spring. 
And uh, you can always uh, email us at info at wg.org. You can check out uh, things uh, there. And go, go, to, uh, go to our website, wgwg.org, and you can find archive shows for Cinema Scene and much, much more just by clicking on the SoundCloud link. Until next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Mallory Moore, and you've been listening to Cinema Scene on Gardner-Webb University Radio, wgwg.org. Until next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>